All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Wisconsin Show Choir Download. I am your host, William Soki, and this is episode number 62 of the download, and it is a season review episode. This is the first of five season review episodes that I am planning on doing to recap the 2023 season. As always, this episode is brought to you by Barstool Show Choir, so please head over there. Show Choir Madness is going to be starting pretty soon. It's an annual tournament that they do, so I don't know if there will be any Wisconsin groups in there. I'm not privy to that knowledge. However, I will say head over there in a few days to make sure you get your votes in for the nationwide bracket. As I mentioned, this is the first of what I plan to be five season review episodes. I've got this one, which is a storylines episode. I've got two more just kind of flat review episodes, just kind of a methodical look through every group that competed. Middle school, prep, women's, varsity mixed will be covered in one of those two episodes. And then I do plan on doing two rankings episodes as well, because that is what you, the listeners, decided you wanted. For reference, if you're unfamiliar with how this season storylines episode works, I also did one in 2022, so please head over to that one if you want a quick primer on the format. I will drop a link to it in the episode description here, but just in an extreme Cliff Notes version of it, there are five season storylines that I will be covering and how I think they affected the Wisconsin show choir scene this year. Diving right into the first storyline, and that is starting right at the top of the competition scene, Sauk Prairie and De Pere are here to stay. Granted, I don't think anybody thought that either of these two programs were ever in any real danger of going away. Both have been competing continuously for close to 30 years now, with Sauk Prairie going back even farther than De Pere. But These were a couple of programs that had a fair bit of success in the mid to late 2010s and then kind of fell on, I'm not going to say hard times, but a little bit lower level of success immediately before the pandemic in those 2019-2020 seasons. If you look at Sauk Prairie, they had not won a grand championship since I believe 2018. They were shut out in 19 and 20. And then De Pere's lone grand championship of the 2010s happened in 2017 before they had an even arguably more successful 2018 season in which they claimed, I believe, four second place finishes. However, both of these groups came out of the pandemic very strong. Both of these groups established themselves in 2022 as very legitimate post-pandemic contenders. Obviously, the pandemic, different circumstances for every single group, but these two looked like they had really done well during the pandemic and at least came out on the right foot after the pandemic. Sauk Prairie Executive Session, you look at that, two wins and all podiums in 2020-22. De Pere Jam Session, picking up their first win in five years, as well as picking up all podiums as well. Granted, they were on a little bit more limited of a competition schedule than Sauk Prairie was, but still both of those groups really putting a lot of people on notice after the 2022 season saying, okay, you may have been able to rehearse more often, more effectively during the pandemic and during this lead up to the 2022 season. But is the success going to stay in the next coming years? And the answer to to that question, at least one year down the line, is yes, Sauk Prairie this year, three wins, two second place finishes, one of the top, I would say, 
two or three choirs in the Wisconsin show choir scene this year. De Pere as well, their most successful season in program history, two wins and two second place finishes as well. And these are two groups that the questions always are, well, can they hold it for another year? But with every passing year, that question does go down in volume a little bit, especially when there are no changes in the leadership teams. Matt Brennan has been at Sauk Prairie for a decade now. Anne-Marie Cummings, her 10th year at DePere, will be in the 2024 season. So these are two groups with really solid, really established leadership teams. And until anything really substantially changes, I don't really see either of these two groups going anywhere anytime soon. I want to give a call to Sauk Prairie, especially for going to Heart of America Orlando. No, wait, it was Fame Orlando. Y'all, I'm getting my national competition sanctioning bodies mixed up. They went to Fame Show Choir America in Orlando, came out with best choreography, and gave a very good fight to the Auburn Varsity Singers. So Sauk Prairie going above and beyond a little bit and also repping Wisconsin on a national stage. I also want to point out that for both of these schools, I have seen very noticeable improvements in their girls groups. Uh, De Pere's girls taking home their first ever division championship this year at Southwest and also Sauk Prairie's girls. I would say they are the best girls group in the state. Match them up against a couple prep groups, things might get a little dicey, but when it's purely up against women's groups, I would say that they are the class of Wisconsin. Moving on to the second storyline of 2023, this is that I saw a lot of repeat ideas on the stage this year. Normally, it's a little bit of a running joke saying, oh, you know, choir X and choir Y have the same theme, or, you know, choir A and choir B both have the same closer, and one is very clearly better than the other. This year, I found it a lot more commonplace. I Definitely didn't think that it was the exception to the rule to have a unique set idea. I just saw, even in my very kind of limited scope of choirs that I watched, the competitions I wound up going to, three of them had essentially the same batch of choirs going at it. I still found plenty of doubles, and then from just watching some other shows and hearing some other things as well, I did find some doubles in the other part of the States. There definitely might be some doubles that I'm missing here, so please let me know if I'm missing a very notable one and I'm somehow managing to goof on this, but just a quick rundown of some of the quote-unquote double themes that I saw this year. Preble and Logan both had space themes. Eau Claire Memorial and Green Bay East both had kind of spooky monster themes, and then Mayville was in there a little bit too with their Beetlejuice set. Fort Atkinson and Janesville Craig also had both kind of nighttime, creepy, adjacent-ish sets. And this one also very ironic because of how geographically close those two choirs are. At least all of the choirs I've named so far, they've been at least not in each other's backyards. But Craig and Fort having the same set, I think, is a piece of poetic irony that everybody should just take a moment to appreciate. I also had De Pere and West Salem both doing spy-themed shows. De Pere focusing more on a James Bond style show, and West Salem doing a little Perry the Platypus bit for all of you Phineas and Ferb fans out there. For time themes, I had New London and Green Bay Southwest. New London doing a time in the present kind of theme, and then Southwest doing a like past, present, future kind of deal. And then in terms of 
the Moulin Rouge sets, I had Sock Prairie YTBN and Bloomington Kennedy Rhythm and Gold, who I know is not a Wisconsin group. However, I did find it fit to put that in there, seeing as how I don't think they ever ran up against each other at the same competition, but Bloomington Kennedy did come to Wisconsin, I believe, multiple times. I think it was West Salem and Eau Claire Memorial. Even if they only went once, I know they were at West Salem, so definitely some people in Wisconsin saw that show. And then the toxic, tainted love, Seven Nation Army, and I'm trying to forget if there's something else in their medley that is featured in the Moulin Rouge sets. Reedsburg also did that at the end of their New York City show. So that was a kind of commonality there. And then as well, just in terms of doing a couple of the same songs, Southwest as part of their time theme did From Now On, which they shared with Sock Prairie Executive Session, doing The Greatest Showman. And then Chasing the Sun by The Wanted, that was shared by Colby and their kind of Desert Sky theme. And then Sparta with their conflict and resolution theme. I'm sure I could phrase it better than that, but I'm just blanking on kind of a better term right now. So I definitely thought that there were plenty of both theme overlaps and specifically certain song overlaps that definitely stuck out in my head. Like I said, I'm sure there's more, but I don't know. I guess this is where the conversation goes from now. Does this become more of a thing in the future where you see multiple choirs running the same theme in the same year? Or is this kind of an aberration? Did everybody kind of converge around a handful of ideas this year? And then everybody kind of goes their respective ways next year. Obviously, I don't envy creative teams in this regard. There are really only a certain number of themes you can do before you edge into highly interpretive story shows that take a minute or two before the show to explain and I don't blame directors and creative teams for not wanting to go there couple choirs do it very well Plymouth in Wisconsin I think is one of the better ones at that and then you look at nationally there are definitely your big three California choirs all do story shows every year Lynn Marr just one show choir nationals with a story show however it is very hard to pull off well and so there are only a finite number of ideas and some of those get taken every year. So will definitely be interesting to see if that becomes more of a thing in the future or not. Time for a quick interlude because I'm selfish like that. If you go back to my varsity season preview episode, I did include five shows to watch at the beginning of the season and a mini storyline is just going to be how those choirs did. I like to do this to keep myself honest and then also to kind of provide a wraparound for those of you who were listening at the beginning of the season and who may not remember who the shows to watch were. This can be a refresh for that. The first show that I singled out was Lacrosse Central's Grand Central Station. They wound up with two second place finishes, two third place finishes, and a fourth place finish this season. I was a little bit disappointed when I saw their competition schedule and saw that their last Wisconsin competition was January 14th. I know that that is very a GCS-esque thing to do historically. Mike Esser brought them on a lot of -of out-of-state competitions, challenged them regularly with a lot of competition, but there is a part of me that says, I host the Wisconsin podcast. I want to see them in state mixing it up with the state's best, and they did beat Sauk Prairie at Onalaska in January. The second show that I told people to watch was New London Vision. 
their finishes this year, fourth, fourth, fifth, and sixth. So it was definitely a step up from where they were a year ago, where they cracked finals a couple of times, just kind of as that bottom varsity group. I think they were sixth at De Pere, and then maybe third at Green Bay Southwest, and I think fourth, maybe fifth at West Salem. So they were definitely a step up from where they were a year ago. I think that if you came into it understanding that Kevin Spindler is just taking a little bit of time to work his magic at New London, I'm not going to say this one was an easy one to call, but it was definitely probably the biggest one that stood out to me on paper and says, this is a group that is primed for a step forward. And they did make a step forward, a couple of fourth place finishes, first time in Vision history that they made finals everywhere they went. The third show that I told people to watch this year was the Monona Grove Silver Connection show. Silver Connection came home with a third place finish and a trio of fifth place finishes. So while I ultimately don't know if it was the most successful season for Silver Connection, not in the win column, I don't think you want to make a habit out of being in fifth place. I don't think it was a bad season for Silver Connection by any means. In that third place finish, which happened at the Milton Rock the Rock, they did beat Glenwood Titan Fever from Illinois, who was a very upstanding choir this year, went down to, I believe, Alabama and mixed it up with some of the best in the South. So by the transitive property, Monona Grove doing pretty well there. And then the last show that I had to watch was Plymouth Momentum. A few no placements here for Plymouth and then finishing their season with a third place at the Logan Showcase. As I briefly mentioned earlier, Plymouth, one of the more Storyer-esque choirs in Wisconsin. I don't know if it was executed the best at the start of the season. I think that there were definitely a couple tweaks that this choir made throughout the season, and I think that they were better than what their results showed for a little bit. Milton was one of the competitions they were at. That was just an absolute monster of a competition to go to. Then finishing out their season at Logan, third place. They did beat all of the prep groups in attendance and then also a couple of the varsity groups. They came home third of five varsity groups. So Plymouth, a little bit of a streaky season for them, but I would definitely chalk 2023 up in the positive category for Plymouth. You may notice that I have only mentioned four shows to watch so far, and that's because the season of the fifth show to watch is the third storyline of the year, and that is the rise and no, there's not a fall of Sparta's upstage adrenaline. This is a group that as early as the first season of the download in 2020, I was really noting the promise of this group, them, and at the time it was cash, and I'm like, these two are probably close to being the top two prep independents in the state, and I'm like, I obviously don't want to rush anybody, and I have zero say over this. I'm just a man with a microphone and I'm like it would be really nice to see them move up to the varsity division and they were going to in 2021 something called the COVID-19 pandemic happened and then they decided to take another half to two-thirds season in prep in 2022 to kind of get themselves aligned again a little bit of a streaky season last year I think they were finding their footing a little bit after the pandemic just completely exploded this year with the transition into varsity class Usually you take your lumps for a couple years, then you start contending for finals placements, and then you start contending for podiums, thinking like kind of the Hamilton synergy route moved up to prep, maybe 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019 era finally started challenging for finals, getting maybe some sixth, some fourths. And then of course this year, Hamilton coming home with at least one podium finish, maybe more. So 
I was thinking kind of that timeline for Sparta, and I distinctly remember in my competition weekly episode before the second weekend of the season, I was looking over the Onalaska lineup, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, if Sparta make f- makes finals, that would be a really nice thing for them, but just looking at the field of choirs there, I just don't see it happening. And lo and behold, I read Onalaska finalists, and Sparta was in there, and I'm like, oh, this group came to play. And so they came home sixth at Onalaska, and that set off really kind of an early season tear for them. They had some good placements, culminating in a second-place finish at Sauk Prairie. They also took home best choreography in what was one of the more memorable caption splits of the year. DePierre came home first with best band, Sparta second with best choreography, and Fort Atkinson third with best vocals. So they looked to really be on kind of a meteoric rise, and it was a question of, well, how much higher are they going to go in their debut varsity season? The answer was really not much higher than that. Second place in a caption, it's harder to go much higher than that before you start knocking off some really, really big names. They hit a couple of competitions where they didn't make finals at a couple of really top-tier Midwestern events at Hastings, Minnesota, and Naperville, Illinois. However, they came back inside Wisconsin for their final competition of the year at Green Bay Southwest, which featured a rematch against DePier. That was definitely one where I'm like, okay, this has the potential to be Sparta Caps off its first debut season in varsity with a win. Would have been the second first-time winner in Wisconsin that weekend as Toma also won their first grand championship. And side note, Toma winning its first grand championship Definitely a little bit of an honorable mention storyline for this podcast will definitely be covered more in the season review and the rankings episodes, but I really thought that Sparta had a decent shot of coming away with it if the cards kind of fell their way. DePierre wound up sweeping the captions at Green Bay Southwest, Sparta still coming home in a very solid second place finish. So that wrapped up their, I believe, seven competition debut season in the varsity class. I would say that this group has completely blown apart all of the expectations that a lot of observers, myself included, had for them. And especially with them bringing a middle school program onto the stage this year for the first time, I think that the future is still looking really bright for this program. And along with Plymouth, I'm going to have to find different groups to watch next year. And it's going to be tough because I'm just going to want to put down the same groups for the segments because I believe that they're still going to be rising up. And so I think that's just a testament to how much Sparta has done. And I think that they singularly were the surprise of Wisconsin this year. You can say, oh, Sauk Prairie and DePierre held the attention. Maybe some groups had a little bit of a down year after some leadership change, and it was a little bit surprising how little success they had. But just in terms of overall surprise, Sparta takes the cake. I don't think that there's really a big question about it. The fourth storyline of the season is something that I harp on a lot, and it is the changing competition demographics. That is academic speak to say the way the competition lineups look are changing. And I did a lot of research for this. This is probably the most research I've ever done for a non-season review or preview episode. So I just have some interesting facts and figures to share about how the Wisconsin competition scene looks now compared to when it did before the pandemic. So if you look at the 2023 season, there were 18 competitions within the state along with various non-competitive events, but I just looked at competitions 
for this year. There were 142 total appearances by varsity groups, 42 total appearances by prep groups, 31 appearances by women's groups, and 51 appearances by middle school groups. That goes to an overall total of 266 appearances by groups, and this does factor in non-Wisconsin groups. I was purely looking at Wisconsin competitions, so Wisconsin groups that went out of state for certain competitions are also not factored into this. I do believe, however, that it is pretty much a wash, and I'm pretty confident in my data being accurate of reflecting the scene as a whole. Those 266 appearances over 18 competitions work out to an average of 14.7 groups per competition. Just looking at some of the highlights of the scene this year, Alaska had the largest overall competition they had 22 groups attending between a 15 choir day on Saturday and then seven middle school choirs on Friday. That was a non-competitive division, but I did count non-competitive middle school divisions uh, in this tally because they were hitting the stage at competitions. In terms of the largest single day show, that would belong to New London, who had 11 varsity groups, three prep groups, three women's groups, and two middle school groups for a total of 19. And coming in very close second place in both regards, Fort Atkinson had 20 overall choirs. They had 18 on Saturday and two in the middle school division on Friday. One other thing I looked at is whether the prep and women's divisions were divided at competitions or not. This is something that I really looked at because I am going to do a combined prep slash women's rankings as part of my rankings this year. So I wanted to look and see if I would get an accurate barometer from competitions or not. And what I found out is that it was a fairly even split. There were eight competitions that separated out the prep division and the women's division. There were six competitions that just held one overall prep division. And there were four competitions where only women's groups or only prep groups attended, so it didn't really matter. In terms of the highest number of quote-unquote prep groups, that would be Milton, who had five. And in terms of the highest number of women's groups, there were five different competitions who had three women's groups this year. As for middle school groups, I don't talk about them a ton, but Lacrosse Central held the title of the most middle school groups. They had nine in what I called the de facto state middle school championship. Looking at the 2020 competition scene in Wisconsin, there were 17 competitions held, 163 appearances by varsity groups, 51 appearances by prep groups, 55 appearances by women's groups, and 44 appearances by middle school groups for a total of 313 appearances. That works out to a total of 18.4 groups average per competition. So, as you can see, the average number of choirs attending a competition has gone down by about four, and I think that this is due to two things. Number one, the pandemic definitely killed some programs, and number two, I think that higher costs and some logistical issues have caused a number of groups to scale back their competition schedules from perhaps six to five or five to four. In terms of where certain numbers shake out, 2020 had a number of in current times, very large competitions. Milton had 23 in a one-day show. That was the highest one-day show in 2020, so that's 
a plus four over the highest one day show this year and the largest overall show belonged to the logan showcase who had 30 choirs across two days they had nine middle schools on friday night and 21 on saturday and when you think about Alaska having the largest combined show at 22 this year that really puts into perspective where some events were just four years ago or should i say three years ago and the competition was really concentrated along the southwest area of the state you had logan with 30 total groups you had lacrosse central with 24 total groups you had on alaska with 21 only a couple of other ones really came close to those numbers without being on the other side of the state you had milton with 23 and fort atkinson with 26 total in terms of varsity fields the largest varsity field all year in 2023 was colby that had 12 to start off the year and in 2020 milton and logan both had 14 and you saw in 2020 a lot more of these larger varsity fields burlington also had 13 sock prairie had 12 broadhead had 13 and then another three competitions fort atkinson logan and holman all had 11 whereas in wisconsin new london and fort atkinson were the only ones with 11 everybody else had 10 and under this segments into another thing which is the fact that I always harp on competition directors for seeming to schedule in the worst possible way to get Wisconsin choirs the best opportunities available. There seemed to never be a competition on a weekend where there are groups going anywhere and everywhere to compete, and there also seem to be too many competitions on weekends where groups don't care to compete. Once again, I am all for the underdogs, but I definitely do think that their quote-unquote once-in-a-lifetime moments should be exactly that once-in-a-lifetime. I think that with the idea of a small school competition non-withstanding. And someone please take me up on that. Make a small school comp or a small group comp or just a small overall comp. I would love to see smaller groups shine. Competitions should equalize themselves in a way where contenders are going to all of them. And we're going to see where everything shakes out. I have been told by multiple sources, and I feel comfortable sharing this now, that Viterbo will not host a competition next year. Nancy Allen, who was the head of Viterbo's choral department, spearheaded their two show choirs. I believe it's Platinum Edition and Diamond Edition, and then also spearheaded the Viterbo 101 competition. She is retiring at the end of the school year, and to the best of my knowledge, Viterbo will not be hosting next year. So I've heard that a competition that was not very highly attended this year is going to try and move into that first weekend of January. We will see if that comes to fruition or not. Also heard of a couple more competitions trying to shift dates to become a little bit more advantageous. Also, Sparta is hosting a new competition next year, so it looks like we will be even on competitions. So in that case, I do hope that the scheduling becomes a little bit more uniform next year and that we can have groups going every weekend also makes it better for me as a podcast host that means i have more to talk about the other solution here is merely to get more groups and i know that that's not as simple as it sounds but i mean i could probably name off close to a dozen schools that had groups full due to the pandemic think monona grove milton colby oh gosh who else logan central holman man broadhead there are a lot of them craig although that one i think was dying before the pandemic a little bit i think that there are a number of opportunities for women's and or prep groups to come back and directors like if there's interest 
like find a way to make it happen get these kids on stage it will be a real culture turnaround in what is still a very pivotal year after the pandemic as we go into year number three post pandemic so either way i'm really hoping to see both the total number of appearances go up and i'm also hoping to see the average per competition go up we should be even on competitions so hopefully we can get that number up for 2024 the final storyline of the 2023 season that i want to talk about is how the power dynamics of the wisconsin show choir scene have shifted over time specifically from the southwest area of the state to the northeast area of the state you listen to some of the vintage download episodes some of the i'd say probably first 15 episodes of the download the southwest region of the state had it made granted mike esser was no longer at lacrosse central but gcs was still coming off of his tenure you had troy larson who was i would say darn near the height of his time at holman you still had kayla shoe plugging the holman excuse me not the holman machine that's where she is now still plugging the logan program along very well they were coming off of a really impressive season in which they took their pirate themed show to a lot of awards you had richard moses really keeping on alaska pretty much at the top of the pile for people who regularly competed in state and you had a lot of power especially in that lacrosse area and when you look at the northeast in 2020 it's like De Pere had a kind of uninspiring results record new london had an uninspiring results record green bay east was definitely on their way up a little bit but only making a few kind of minor waves preble was looking a little bit on the way up but not quite there to the level of very big contenders yet and really nina was kind of carrying the torch for the region and if you look at where things are now the entire kind of situation has inversed you see new directors at holman new directors at central new directors at logan and a lot of these groups going through a little bit of a transition period with their new leadership teams even on alaska in 2022 i don't know if you would call it a down year but it definitely was not the most dominating year possible for the hilltoppers so you had i think just a number of factors some of them independent of each other some of them not kind of transpiring and the southwest i don't think performed up to the level that it had in some of the pre-pandemic years and on the flip side the northeast really came on strong in these last couple of years and especially this year you had to taking two grand champions you had new london qualifying for finals everywhere they went you had green bay east making a couple of really solid finals appearances you had preble factoring in to a number of competitions you have ashwapanon coming on as a prep group that ran a full schedule this year and kristen lachance was in her fourth year of directing that program there so another kind of settled director you had bayport coming on to the scene as a new group last year and they came home and won the prep division at green bay southwest this year and you also have a very solid settled team of leaders you have Henry cummings who's approaching a decade at De Pere, andrew tokesdorf who is at least a half decade through at preble you have brent bergstrom who's coming up on a decade at green bay southwest who by the way moved into the varsity class in the last couple of years you of course have amy westcott down at nina and then you also have kevin spendler who is settling into his new position at new london and you also have kevin flogel who is approaching a decade at green bay east as well 
As for the Southwest, I will give them a little bit of credit here. They definitely have some groups on the upswing. I don't know if you could really lump Sauk Prairie in with that Southwest region. I would say that they're more of a South Central, but they are kind of isolated. Them and Reedsburg are a little bit in Choquire No Man's Land right now. You do have Toma and Sparta both on the upswing right now, but the Southwest did lose Cashton as an overall program, and it also lost a number of women's groups. You look at Midwest Magic from Holman, Classy Ladies from Logan, Central Connection at Lacrosse Central, and West Salem. I don't see a ton of momentum behind that program right now. I think that they were trying to make something happen before the pandemic, and they had a couple of good placements in 2022. That did not really go anywhere this year, so I think that they might kind of be settling in in their level of like a low finals group at a couple of competitions. And that's not to say that they're not fighting to get better. Everybody is, but without a market change, I don't really see that momentum going super farther. And as for the Northeast, you know, it's just kind of where the energy is right now. And I'm sure I'll be saying something different at this time next year. I might be saying Milton has really come on in its second year under the direction of Bryce Hesterman, and they're setting the world on fire, and Mayville is continuing the momentum that they started to accumulate at the end of 2022, and Hamilton is going to explode in its second year of direction under Maggie Condon. I might be saying a totally different set of things at the end of 2024, but at this moment in time, at the end of 2023, I think that if you just look at it with an objective standpoint, and I know I'm not because I'm from the Northeast, I do think that maybe if not the long-held traditional power, at least the current energy is flowing towards the Northeast and it's ebbing away from the Southwest a little bit. The Northwest is just kind of plugging along as they usually do solid quarter of groups. Both the Eau Claire's, Chippewa Falls, Colby, Washburn, Ashland made it out on stage this year, which was nice. Drummond joined the Northwest region. So we have that and we will see who is primed for a breakout in 2024. That was the last storyline that I wanted to cover on this episode, so I just want to say thank you so much to everyone to listening to this episode. I am planning on having the first round of season recap episodes out next week right about this time. I'm going to try and do weekly episodes until I am done with the season reviews. As always, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, please let me know any questions, comments, thoughts, anything else you might want to say email wishowchoir at gmail.com. Otherwise, Instagram DMs are open at wishowchoir. If you're not following the podcast on Instagram already, please do. It is at wishowchoir. I do try and do some interesting things with that account. And with that being said, please everyone stay safe if you're traveling. Good luck if you are hitting the stage for a home show. And this is William Soki saying goodbye until the next Wisconsin Show Choir Download.